Welcome to a new episode of the Access Vikings podcast. My name is Andrew Kramer, joined by Ben Gessling and Michael Rand from TCO Performance Center in Egan, where they're waving. Thank you. I saluted, actually. You did, actually. That was very, like, Veterans Day mm-hmm. on Friday. <laughs> All right. Um, so the Vikings are preparing to host the New Orleans Saints with Josh Dobbs making his first start. He'll become the second quarterback to start three games in a calendar year for three different teams since... Baker Mayfield last year. And he has his first uh, NFC Offensive Player of the Week award before his first start with the Vikings. Amazing. How about that? So should we book the Super Bowl Wait. tickets now? The only game this year he hasn't Vegas? started. Yeah, be. <laughs> Sorry, Chris Carr. <laughs> Sorry about your budget. Uh, so we'll talk about Josh Dobbs, the legend of Josh Dobbs. That'll continue on Sunday. We'll talk about Justin Jefferson being cleared to return to practice on Wednesday. Nick Mullins, not so much yet. So we might see Sean Mannion, maybe, as backup quarterback. Uh, Jaron Hall remains in the concussion protocol, as does as does KJ Osborne. Um, but let's start with the man of the hour and Josh Dobbs, who we just heard from. Um, ben, they're going to start Dobbs, and you had the gall to write that they're not going to run with him as the starting quarterback. You, I did have the gall to write that, the yes. The gall is what I – yeah, yeah, that's how it framed The, 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 <laughs> the sheer temerity. Yeah, the yes. temerity of you. So this is a week-to-week thing. Well. I, I mean, I just don't know that we know yet because I think they like Nick Mullins enough if he gets healthy at some point. I, I just don't think that anybody has enough claim to the job that we should think that, though, this guy is the guy the rest of the way. I, if Dobbs continues to play well, yeah, they'll roll with him. Um, if there is some type of a setback at some point in the way that he plays, I could see them saying, well, Let's consider our options here. I, I just don't think that there's, even as well as he played and as, as well as he may continue to play, it's hard to sit there and say, okay, this guy has put in enough time to suggest that he earns the job, no questions asked. And he may well keep it. It's certainly possible he does. I just, I don't think it's going to be the kind of thing where it's assumed that he will be the guy the rest of the time. And I, I gather people probably um, may differ on that, but uh, we'll see how it goes. Well, how much does that have to do with Nick Mullen's health, you think? Well, the Dawes' performance, of course, too. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's going to have a lot to do with that. I mean, Mullins would be the obvious option if he is healthy enough to go and if they get him back from IR. It, a back injury is tricky. I mean, those things are always something where – you never are probably 100% sure that you're out of the woods. It's not like a, a calf strain or something where it comes, you know, it's done and, and you kind of just know it's out of the woods and you're ready to go. Um, that would be the, the hesitation with Mullins. But I think if Dobbs were to falter at some point and Mullins was ready to go, I would think they'd take a look at him and say, we, we trust that he knows the offense well enough, he can run it well enough that he's the obvious guy to go in there. I mean, Jaron Hall... I thought did a lot of nice things and they may have some level of interest in seeing him, especially if they think he can run the offense. I don't think they're going to make decisions on him based on, well, we need to develop this guy. This is a win this season approach. I think whatever they feel is going to give them the best chance to win now, especially when they didn't trade everybody, especially when they're in the middle of the playoff race. I just, I, we've seen enough with this team that they don't tend to, just kind of give scholarships and say, well, we're going to stick with this guy because 
he's been good in the past, and even if he's not getting it done at the moment, we're just going to keep rolling it back out there. That that hasn't been the way they've done much of anything, and I don't know that they would do that now. And, Mike, I say this facetiously, but it's it's Mike Zimmer and Case Keenum all over again. They won't it's, name him the starter. It's got that feel to it. I was going <laughs> to say that. He talked at a podium, though. It, Case Keenum never did. did. Yes, and they've named him at least the starter for this week. They didn't – yeah, they never declared Case Keenum the starter that year. I, I do wonder – that year is interesting because what if Keenum had – Keenum obviously played very well that year. He had, like, a QBR of, like, one of, the, like, the five best in the league. Like, their offense was good that year with Case Keenum because of what – he did. What if Sam Bradford had been healthy at some point there? Or what if Teddy Bridgewater was like fully back? Like, do you think someone takes Case Keenum's job back at some point, even if he had played that well? I think Mike Zimmer wanted to play Teddy Bridgewater the did. second he had an excuse yes. to do it. Yes. I mean, because he didn't want to lose Teddy the next year, too. Well, and it was always the thing of, I mean, he, I, I don't think they thought that Keenum could keep it up. Well, they kept I mean, saying he had a horseshoe. <laughs> said a lot of things about Keenum that year. Yeah. Grand Casino would like to take a moment and salute the true football fan. The passion. The hope. The anticipation. That incomparable feeling of winning. Grand Casino would also like to take a moment to remind you that you can find all that anticipation, thrill, and winning at Grand Casino. Grand Casino. Let your story begin. He loved he loved Teddy Bridgewater. He didn't yep, want he, did. he didn't want Case Keenum to be his guy because he didn't trust him long term. And he was right about that. Yep. Like Case Keenum never had another year that even approached what he did in 2017. But you couldn't interrupt that. No. So no. you got to roll with it. This feels different in that the whoever you know Sam Bradford was a very good quarterback for them when he Sam was healthy. Sam was active as the backup for the NFC Championship game that year. Yeah, it was which not is, Teddy. Which is interesting. I kind of forgot that. And like Teddy Bridgewater, I mean, like any any quarterback who could have gotten healthy that year was more accomplished than any quarterback who could get healthy this year. Is, I guess That's I true. Say. Yes. Yeah, that is absolutely true. Yeah, and if Josh Dobbs continues to play this way, as you said, I mean, that's that makes the decision for them. If they continue to play winning football and play a Saints team that's coming into U.S. Bank Stadium, that's pretty beatable. Um, I think New Orleans has one of the best defensive fronts that the Vikings will have faced, but they handled San Francisco and were able to win that game at home. Um, it's kind of a similar matchup with a much lesser offense, no matter how much the names like Michael Thomas and Alvin Kamara and Taysom Hill remind you of the Drew Brees era. Like this is, yeah, Olave is the only new guy that really scares you. So, um, Kamara has been awfully good. He's caught a lot of 13 pass game. You know, it's the Stefan Diggs thing where he's like catching 13 balls for 80 yards. And it's like, I mean, he's put up a lot of yards. Yeah. It's just, it's, it's one of the things where this offense, David Carr has not been what they thought he was going to be coming in. or excuse me, Derek Carr. Wow, I can't believe I, I th- thought I got that one down. He has not been what they thought. David's little brother. Has not pushed the ball downfield, has not been much of, of a prolific quarterback for them. So this is a winnable game. Brian Flores can apply pressure, force Derek Carr to make mistakes. Mike Zimmer revenge game. Maybe even force David Carr to make mistakes. Um, Mike, why is this a Mike Zimmer revenge game? Christmas Day, 2020. Oh, yeah. Mm. Six touchdowns for yep. Kamara. The right? last one that he thought was running it up. Mm, that's right. Win one for Zim. That's what you're saying. Win one for Zim. <laughs> um, so this is a winnable game with Josh Dobbs. I think he can keep this up. What say you? Man, we, whenever the Saints come to town, we just have to go down memory lane. Something's weird. Something weird will happen. Yeah. Right? It's like, you know, Minneapolis Miracle. They won the playoff game in 19. Yeah. Obviously, a 29. Um, and if your title game wasn't the greatest for 
local yeah, fans, but come up a I don't time know, or like, two. I, Dobbs, you know, the one thing that we keep talking about it was I was the most curious to see was like, what does this offense look like with a mobile quarterback? And if you've got a good defensive front like the Saints have, it's nice to either A, have a guy like Kirk Cousins who processes and can go to your next read and can stay in there and take the hit and make the throw, or have a guy who can like break contain and kind of knows like, hey, I can make a play with my feet. And that's the element kind of that he brings that the Cousins just didn't. So that gives you against any defense really kind of gives you like the it's like the cheat code right it's like the it's the way out of the box on third and seven if nothing's open if the defense is perfectly called he might just run for 14 yards anyway he also had more rushing yards than i think anybody they've had in the last few weeks last well, week yeah he, he had, had a couple of their longest runs of the year right yes the longest i think he had the longest run of the year. the 22 yarder was the longest run of the year yeah the last time they had somebody run for more than 66 yards in a game was still going back. It was not this month. It was, uh, well, nothing was this month, but it was not in this winning streak. The The last time they had this happen was before the Bears game, and it was, in fact, before the Chiefs game. It's been a long time. This is not interesting radio. Their running game has been bad. Josh Dobbs has, has certainly helped it and was a lot of the reason they won the game last week because he was. was able to make plays with his feet. I think Wes Phillips um, summed it up when he said, uh, I didn't know he was that athletic, but we needed some of that production. Last time, Alexander Madison, 95 yards against the Panthers. I found yes. it. Yes, and they won that game. They won. The first win of the year, and Josh but Dobbs, not during this streak. Josh Dobbs did that, the 66 yards for him, in like four runs. Yep. Yeah, he had seven carries total, but like most of it was on those four carries. And all of, all of the scoring drives that he led, at least the meaningful ones, like the three touchdowns and the field goal drive, all of them had – key runs by him. I mean, obviously the touchdown run, the fourth down run, the one right before the first half ended where they got a touchdown where he ran for like 11 yards on third and 10. I thought that was his best scramble of the day because he like had to make a lot happen. Was on. it is that the one where he basically turned right into a pass rusher, almost turned the wrong yeah. way and then came all the way back? There, there was like one where he, he ran 50 something yards. Yes, and he had to dive for yep. the basically for he the got marker. pushed into it. Yeah, he got he, shoved into a first down. Yeah, but he like dove for it and, and the guy was a tiptoe down the sideline. Yeah, it was a tiptoe down the sidelines. I mean, that he, was like they could have just settled for a field goal. I mean, that was that felt like they were going to get stopped there and have to kick a field goal. They get a touchdown on that drive later. Yeah, and he's been doing this for. I mean, going back to his, his Tennessee days, he just hadn't had a chance to play. Um, he didn't make his first NFL start till December of last year, and like we said, he'll be starting for a third different team on Sunday. Um, he's had now. This will be his 12th start, I believe, because he had eight with the Cardinals, two – or no, 11th, two with the Titans. And then, yeah, so 12th kind of game, but, yeah, 11th start for him just in his career, and he was a 2017 draft pick. So and he's, he's only won one start? Yeah. He didn't even get the win last week. That's, <laughs> That's Jaron Hall's win. <laughs> didn't even get the win. He doesn't even get the credit for it on the uh, the QB wins chart. Yes. This game has, like – I mean, this whole thing has, like, weird baseball statistical yeah. flukes to it. That yeah, Jaron Hall was the winning quarterback. Yeah. Yeah. And <laughs> – yeah. Who Josh Dobbs won. Dobbs got the save. Yeah, I certainly did. <laughs> got, the, got the hold. The hold the in, save. Got the save and the hold. Hey, save holds is the new stat, isn't it? Um, I, so with, with Dobbs, though, I, I do think that this is sustainable against opponents like New Orleans. It's just when you get to face Detroit, Cincinnati in December. Um, Mike, you brought up the offense, and I think that's interesting because I've, I kind of thought, like, how much can they lean into that mobility, right? And I, you know, we joke with Wes Phillips at the press conference, like you're going to install the run game basically with the quarterback. And 
uh, he made the point, we want to keep him upright. So yeah. we're not going to be trying to put him in these running situations. But they did talk a lot. He talked a lot about how we want to continue to use that improvisation, the scrambling, that we'll call these bootlegs, we'll call these pass plays. And when it's when it's a design pass, you know, we're happy with him taking advantage of looks like he did on Sunday. I just think you're going to see defenses too kind of – understand now that this guy's pretty mobile it reminded me kind of the the josh allen game in 2018 in u.s bank stadium where he jumps over anthony Barr and everyone looked around like he can do that and then later on now people scheme for his mobility and blah 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 so with dobbs i think you'll see defenses try to counter it somehow but when it's a designed old third and ten you're not always trying to spy the guy in that spot no you're not he'll just make a play yeah and i think especially if you get into things where you force them into man coverage where defenders have their backs turned that's yeah. a great time to i mean that's where a lot of this stuff kills teams is if they're in man coverage and nobody's accounting for the quarterback and he can take off basically because if everybody is covering a receiver downfield that tends to work pretty well the thing with the running stuff i asked kevin o'connell about this earlier this week and and he said you don't really want to take that away from him especially given the plays that he made but yeah, I mean, they had he gotten hurt on Sunday, they, I mean, Cam Akers was the emergency quarterback. Cam Akers got hurt. Had they had to put somebody else in there, it was a frightening enough scenario that Kevin O'Connell wouldn't even speak it out loud when I asked him about it. And he said, you know, we would have had to come up with a running back or a, yeah. a wide receiver or, or he something. Give him some pads. He said, he said that yeah. Ryan Wright was a high school quarterback. Could put the stallion in there. Wow! Uh, threw a pass in London last Jordan year against Addison. the Saints. I think Jordan Addison would have been the guy. Uh, that seems it's dangerous. Though. That seems dangerous. dangerous yeah. It's not Alexander Madison. We know that much because somebody jokingly brought that up to him, and he was like, ah, "I don't think so. I don't think they'd put me back there." So he didn't look like a guy who wanted. Maybe to be it was. Back Maybe there. it would be Ryan Wright. <laughs> Talk about a mobile quarterback. Maybe. I mean, <laughs> if you went tush push with Ryan Wright, I I think it would probably have a good chance to succeed. Wouldn't go wrong. Matt, how do you go know. wrong with a Ryan Wright tush push? Mr. Wright. Madison proposed Justin Jefferson. I don't think he knows he's hurt <laughs> or, wow, or too valuable. for him to come back, back. Segway. No, too valuable. Yeah, Segway. Thank you. Yeah, Segway. Justin Jefferson's back on the practice field. He's been rehabbing uh, off to the side and on his own with trainers before practices, but he will be back with the team because they opened that window today. Yes. Don't really need him. Seems like 4-0 without him. I know. why. Yeah, why Probably should him? just trade him. Yeah, ben, are they rushing him back? I don't think they're going to. Um, I know you're being facetious, yeah. but <laughs> I, I don't know that they are going to. And here, here's the thing to consider with the timeline here. So they have 21 days to decide whether to activate him from injured reserve or keep him there the rest of the year. 21 days from Wednesday as we record this podcast is November 29th, which is the Wednesday of the bye week. So they could basically put him back on the active roster. They could they could stretch it out that long if they wanted and say, we're putting him back on the active roster Wednesday, November 29th, knowing that they wouldn't have to put him back on the field until November, or excuse me, December 10th in Las Vegas. So that it could stretch that long we'll see how he does um i don't know for sure that it will stretch that long but they i know have considered that possibility of do we just stretch it out this far and and make sure that he's ready to go and make sure that it's not any risk of of having him have a setback 
Especially if they, I mean, we joke about the winning without him, but that helps. That helps yeah. not have to yeah. rush him back. It also helps his motivation to come back 100% and, and on a team that will be relevant to some extent. Um, the Vikings still hold these. Season ends today. They go to Detroit for the third time in four weeks in the wild card round. Yeah. Hey, they haven't played Detroit yet, but yes, I get what you're saying. They, they hold the seventh um, spot in the NFC wild card round. Yeah, right now. Um, and when you look down below on the standings, it's not too – uh, intimidating no it's not I mean it it's certainly all in front of them and the schedule is not that difficult either the Saints have a five and four record but then it's Denver mm-hmm. it's the Bears on Monday night it's yep. the Raiders after the bye then it would be the Bengals which Bengals, is a tougher Lions, Packers, matchup Peng- then yeah Lions. Lions a whole bunch of Lions yeah. at the end of the and season the Packers too and the Packers in there but you know, it's not hard to envision them getting to nine or ten wins and being in the mix to go to the playoffs. You know, possibly, like I say, playing uh, three out of four against the Lions. Let's envision a scenario here where Dobbs keeps the job because he's playing well enough to keep it, and Jefferson comes back. Um, my, yeah, Mike, you and I were talking beforehand. Mm-hmm. You had you were kind of just wondering what thought exercise. Yeah, like what happens if he plays well enough. Or poorly enough, I guess. How does Dobbs play impact their thought process long term, if at all, on Kirk Cousins? Basically, right, Mike? Yeah, I mean, I'm not saying like Dobbs is the future quarterback, but like, does this long of a look at someone other than Kirk Cousins, whether it succeeds or fails, whether it's Dobbs, whether it's Hall, whether it's Mullins, whoever it is, does that give them any information on what they do next year and beyond? Does it make them say, yeah, well, yeah, we went. Nine and eight, ten and seven. You know, we rallied and still did okay with all these kind of backups. Or man, we went six and eleven. Things went, things fell apart because the quarterback wasn't any good. Like does does that does one way or the other influence them, and does one way or the other have a greater potential to influence them? I would be careful going down that road too far, based on the last time they were in this spot. The but that's last what I do. That's they, what I do. I know it is, and that's okay. why I pull you back. Okay, thank you. Um, Rescue me from the traffic. Yes. Yeah. Um, that hasn't been a problem lately. No. <laughs> There's been a lot of traffic. It's, yes. Um, oh, I get what you were saying. That was that works on several the levels. Road. The yeah, road. Yeah, I got you. Yes. Sorry. Um, the last time they went down this road, they had a quarterback who played extremely well, yes. took them to the NFC Championship game, won, I think, 11 of his last 12 starts in the regular season that year before winning a playoff game of some repute. Uh, in the second round and then going to the NFC title game. Given all that information, the last time they had an opportunity to look at a backup quarterback that was not Kirk Cousins and make a decision on their future, they chose Kirk Cousins. So Completely different regime. It was a different regime. But yes. But they decided that we don't think any of this is sustainable and they chose Cousins. I could see – the only way I could see it going differently is if this group thinks – we can make all of this work with a quarterback so effectively that we don't need to spend big on one. The The place I could see that leading them, though, <clears throat> is maybe not to one of the guys on this roster. I wouldn't think say, so, yeah. We, can de- we know we can develop with that, this yes. group. We can do it with a rookie quarterback. This I, kind of quarterback, this style sure, of quarterback, yeah. But I, I, yeah. they also, I know, knowing how they think, they aren't going to want to make long-term 
plans with a quarterback they do not view as being yeah. elite or blue chip yeah. or you yeah. know Quasi Adolfo Mensa has used meeting the necessary threshold <laughs> to win. Yeah. I just don't think they are going to try to <clears throat> cobble it together. It, it yeah. almost tends to work the other way. I, okay. I mean, this this idea of, well, we can do it with anybody, possibly, that they the season may bear out that they can. But I don't think they look at that position that way. I think they look at it as life is a lot easier if we have a guy at that position. And I just don't expect that the way they're going to go about it is anything other than trying to find that guy. Now, maybe these quarterbacks, maybe you find one of them that's your bridge. I mean, that could be a scenario. It tells you, hey, maybe we're okay in 24 still, even if we don't. Right, have a have that guy. Yet. Yeah, maybe you have your bridge, so yeah. you're not paying cousins, and then you draft somebody, and then have whoever it is keeping the seat warm until that person is ready. Maybe that's it, but I I don't know that there's a I don't think there's a long term path for them that they would consider terribly seriously that does not involve having a dude at that position. If he continues to perform in any kind of serviceable and winnable level, um, it's hard to not look at that and think boy, there's got to be a cheaper driver for this Lamborghini of an offense out there. You know what I mean? Regardless if it's a rookie, and it's kind of what you guys are talking about. Like, maybe there is that bridge quarterback that's not Kirk. I just, if, if, this is a big if. It's if Dobbs continues to look like this. If he looks like he did in Arizona, which was a guy who was throwing for 150 to 200 yards a game and they were one and seven, I know the circumstances around him matter in those win-loss totals, but he had won one game before and he still has only won one game as a starter. Cause we talked about, he doesn't get credit for that one. Um, but I think it's a big if, um, but I do think it's very interesting that if they see somebody operate it and especially with Jefferson coming back, giving you kind of the fuller picture of what it looks like. I'm not saying it's Josh Dobbs, but I'm saying it could be somebody just less expensive. Yeah. I, I think for the short term, yeah. I mean, I, I just, I don't think they will look at it. I don't think it's going to be, Kyle Shanahan East where it's well yeah. <clears throat> we can go for <laughs> play. Brock Purdy. Yeah. yeah no I don't or Denny right. Green right. 21st century the system will help us win right. we can just put in whatever veteran right. was once a high draft pick or a great quarterback and we'll be able to win for a year and then we'll get the next guy next year I don't, I don't think they're going to go about it that way in the long term the way that we would see it like I say is maybe for next year maybe there's a bridge a bridge over troubled water, as it how were. How much does but Cousins? I don't long term. How much does the Cousins twenty-eight point five million dollar dead cap hit come into that? Those like, if they, well, will they look at it at some point and say, "Man, we're going to have this much on the cap with Kirk anyway. Wouldn't we rather have Kirk throwing the ball for us for a few more million?" That's I. I, I don't think it'd be a few more million on the cap. I, no, I yeah. really don't because that that year next down the road it would sure, but the cap continues to go up. Yeah, I. The, oh my gosh, if Kirk is back, the cap number goes up in 2024 thing. I no. don't worry about it. it yeah. It's not, I mean, I think we talked about the cap math yeah. and we have. Um, the dead money, a quarter of that turns into real money next year and then the rest of it continues to get pushed down the road. So um, they could, there's certainly a scenario where they bring Cousins back for 24 and his cap number actually drops from what it currently is slated to be in 24. They just got to pay him. 
<laughs> they they would spend the cash. <laughs> and then they, Kirk would have to agree on that paycheck and the whole ride. People how, that write the check now, would have to agree Dobbs with it, Dobbs said he was in the building. He's been in the building rehabbing. Yeah. That's, yep. So that's interesting. I Maybe mean, we knew that already. But just I'm, I'm curious what his mindset's going to be through all this, too. Kirk's. Like, yeah. Like, he, he I'm sure tweet. he wants the team to do well. He tweeted, let's go Vikings. Yeah, but yeah, that was the last tweet before a sponsored tweet. Tweet, like, I don't know, good like, job, yeah. Dobbs, or something like that. I can't remember. Yeah, it was, let's go at Vikings. So, I mean, so he's, I'm sure he's happy for them to win, but he's probably also like, eh, you know, don't do too good. <laughs> I don't know. We're all human. Um, I, I think... It's always a weird spot to be in. Yeah, I mean, he's hurt. Just, he wants yeah. these guys to win, but also wants a job next year. Yeah. Uh, it's going to be fascinating, and I do think it's fascinating what that injury does to his value, because it just it all depends on how other teams view it, right? Um, or if the Vikings let it get that far, where it's a, a bidding war, if if it gets to any kind of bidding contest for him um, next February slash March. Um, all right, well, moving into this game, what do you guys think happens if, if we're just previewing this game out the big picture outside of just Josh Dobbs? Um, Mike, what do you think happens on Sunday? I don't know. I mean, the Saints are, I think they talk, Dobbs talked a little bit today about how the Saints kind of run a similar style of defense to the Falcons. Maybe they'll be a little bit better prepared for what Dobbs does. But, you know, the Saints offense is, you know, they got players, but they're not super scary. I mean, it, it, I don't know who's going to win. It just, it feels like every other Vikings game where it's going to come down to like the last three minutes and whether one play one player or one team makes three plays or not it's just kind of that's the nfl but it does it feels like this is setting up for that kind of gaming and i don't imagine either one of these teams is going to get a lot of separation on the other one in this game it doesn't feel like that kind of game yeah the saints are not really a team that outside of a weird game against new england uh they don't blow people out they're not super high scoring um they are very nfc south team in terms of drag you down in the mud and it's just going to be ugly yeah it's uh, always great when the every four years we get to see the entire tour of the nfc south isn't it yeah yeah it's a great football yeah, uh, we're done with it after this week <laughs> It's important, though, for like tiebreakers and NFC record. I mean, if this yeah. is a team that's going to yeah. be battling for a wild card just like them, I mean, this is a pretty important game. They are uh, typically neighbors to the Vikings in the in the hunt graphic, I feel yes, like. Yes, they are. Yes, they are. They are quite also quite often also uh, denizens of in the hunt lane. They, they really are. Ben, what do you think happens on Sunday? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> Saints are slight you, favorites, like two and a half points. Um. I guess I feel like they win. The Vikings win. I if Dobbs is more up to speed with the offense. I mean, he did a lot of impressive things in the second half of that game, and I expect he'll certainly have a better handle on things this week. I mean, couldn't have any less of a handle on things than he had last week in terms of preparation. He'll know their names. He he'll probably know the cadences. He there were some throws that looked like he had things that he bailed on, and you know that's understandable. So I think you'll see him be better in that regard. I also think their defense has played. The Vikings defense has played awfully well, and I think they will make some plays against Derek. Derek, Derek. yes, Derek Carr, not David. Um, same family, but no, I I think they'll make some plays against him. And I think they'll win close. I think they'll be ugly. But, yeah, at this point, I would pick them to win. I I do think that front causes some problems. And the fact they have not run the ball apart from Josh Dobbs in a month makes me wonder a little bit. I think that's a concern. But 
yeah, I, I think the defense is playing well enough that they'll make enough plays to keep them in it and they'll pull it out. Yeah, the Vikings are allowing 3.7 yards per carry on the ground. They have not allowed a running back to eclipse 100 yards from scrimmage since DeAndre Swift in week two. I believe only four other teams have a longer streak than the Vikings at holding running backs under 100 yards. They've only allowed 100 yards to a team twice since that game. It's been since that 259. It's been 30, 83, 67, 162, 65, 74, 110. Yeah, it's been impressive. Pretty good. For the run defense. The last time they had a top five run defense. They had a journeyman quarterback leading him to the NFC title game. Ooh. Oh boy! Do you, <laughs> do they got keep, all do they, the Case Keenum vibes Do they keep today? doing the tempo stuff, even if he has a better handle of things? Because it seemed like that worked well. Like give O'Connell a little bit more of a time to talk him through it in the in the headset. The thing I, the other thing that I think that could be where the other area that could be beneficial is what I'm trying to say is. If you have a quarterback that scrambles mm-hmm. and you have to chase him around and you yeah. can't sub, yeah. you may get a little bit of an advantage just if the defense is fatigued. And that may make it easier. Hey, we're going to go on tempo, we're going to call it, and then we can run the ball a little bit because you have all these defensive linemen that are gassed right. and you can hang on them a little bit and maybe open some things up that way. So I think that could be a component of it, yeah. saying, hey, let's get to the line, let's not let them sub and just – take advantage of defenders that are tired yeah and Dobbs just you know chasing them down a little bit uh, making them chase him down anyway because he was hard to catch for the Falcons and that surprised a lot of people and so we'll see if the Saints um, can catch up on that so Mike did you actually give a prediction are they gonna win that's a lose? close game I think they probably win they got some kind of weird mojo going until they yeah, lose you can't was, pick against them yeah, something yeah, something's going yeah. on here they were they were so you know bad and unlucky to start the year now it feels like things are evening out until they lose you can't pick them to lose against a bad team like this or a mediocre team like the saints we get the chris thomas and revenge game next week yes and that one's sticking on not wait Sunday they've actually football. been playing but be- they've actually yes. been playing a little bit better that's not like a layup anymore yep that is true yeah we'll see if the good vibes keep on rolling with josh dobbs uh everybody please check out all of our work at startribune.com we'll talk to you guys next time on friday with the mailbag where there'll be more quarterback questions and more vikings intrigue thanks for coming i wonder if josh dobbs knows his mailman